All right. Second King, First Kings chapter 16. I'm going to start at the fifth verse and read through quickly. If you'll just follow along with me. What I say? First, what I say? Uh-huh. What I just say? Well, we're probably preaching from there next Sunday. But today is First Samuel. Preaching about a king. How about that? Make it work. First Samuel 16. I'll start at the fifth verse and read through to 13, 13, I believe. And he said peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. This is Samuel uh, speaking to those as he entered um, into the city. They were nervous because any time a prophet entered the city, it's like, oh, Lord, he's bringing some type of doom and gloom word to us. So they all ran to him, and this is his re- They ran to him and said, what is, what's going on? And so this was his response to them, verse 5. He said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said surely the Lord's anointed is before him but the Lord said unto Samuel look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as man seeth for man looketh on the outward appearance but the Lord looketh on the heart then then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel and he said neither hath the Lord chosen this Caught the man this. And Jesse made uh, Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of all and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward so Samuel rose and went to Ramah again verse 12 said and he sent and brought him in now he was ruddy ruddy however you want to pronounce it and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to and the Lord said arise anoint him for this is he I want to use for a subject for the sake of having one tag you're it That's right. Tell somebody around you like Sydney, tag your id. So many of us um, played the game tag as children. And uh, the way the game of tag worked is you would have someone who was called it, who would chase you in order to make you become it. And then the one being chased would become the one doing the chasing. But the object of the game was not to become it. And so I, as I was writing this, I thought to myself, as I was typing this, I said, how did we even choose who was the first one to be it? But then I remembered any, many, mighty mo, catch the tiger, y'all, by the toe. If he hollers, let him go, any, many, mighty mo. And then if it landed on you and you know you didn't want to be it, you say, my mama told me. 
<laughs> to pick this one and you are it. Yeah, something like that. But the object of the game was not to become it. And so whoever, whomever was it had to chase you and you would duck and dodge so you were not touched. And there are many here today that have been ducking and dodging trying not to be it. But your time of hiding in the shadows of being comfortable is over. Somebody praise God right there. Somebody shout tag, you're it. I have had many conversations recently with those that feel the pull from the place pull from the place of comfort and contentment. You feel God dealing with you. You're restless. You feel him saying different things to you. There's a stirring that's going on in your belly. The very thing that we've been praying for is happening in the lives of the believers. And you're trying to figure out exactly where you fit, exactly what's to come next for you. God is pulling you from your place of comfort and content. And there are some of you have who have become content being on the sideline, but God said it's time to get in the game. That's good news. God said it's time to get in the game. Somebody shout tag, you're it. There are many of us that have cheered on others and been comfortable with that. We have supported others and been okay with that. We have worked our areas without complaint and we're comfortable where we are. But there is a shift that is um, happening in your life. I can't even say it's about to happen. It's already happening in your life. You're no longer content and comfortable where you are. There's something on the inside that says there's more for you. Not only is there more for you to do, but there's more to your relationship relationship with God. There's a stirring that's taking place and God refuses to let you become comfortable in a place he meant to be only temporary. So what he has to do for many of us because we will pitch not only not will we pitch our tent but we will build our homes and build our fences and plant our flowers in a temporary place. In the place where you were only meant to pitch a tent, you're building a forever home in that place. So what God has to do is he has to allow a storm of sorts for some of us to come through and stir up the place that we've made home. He has to tear down the place that we've built to be our forever place. He has to call some type of unrest to stir on the inside of us that we might move in the thing of God. Why? Because as human beings, as people in the flesh, if where we are is working, that's good enough for some of us. But there has to be an unsettling that takes place. We have to have the mindset as believers that we never settle for okay. We never settle for good enough because our God is great. Our God is grand. He's so vast. There's no words to, to describe how big he is. There is no limit to him. We serve a limitless God. To say he's big does not rightly describe him. To say he's majestic does not rightly describe him. To say he's sovereign does not rightly describe him. There are no words that would give a, a good, good description of who our God is. So because there is no limit to him, because he is limitless, and because he's bigger than our comprehension, we can never for a moment as believers think that where we are is good enough. You can be effective where you are, David was. You can be doing a good thing where you are, David was. You can be bringing change and making a difference right where you are, David was. But there was more to who David was. And there's more to who you are. 
wherever you are, yeah, you're making a difference. Yeah, things are being changed. Yeah, you're adding to the kingdom. Yeah, you're giving God glory, but there's more to you. Somebody say there's more to me. So today we move we move from where we've been spiritually to the place God is calling us to. We move from a place where we've been spiritually okay to a place God is calling us to. Your prayer life is about to shift. It's shifting. Your marriage is shifting. Your house is shifting. And God is expecting us to respond accordingly. How do we respond accordingly? We respond accordingly by answering the call of God. By moving when God says to move. By doing the thing that God has placed on the inside of us. And listen, I understand that for many of us that's uncomfortable. When you're stepping from a place that's familiar to a place that's unfamiliar. I understand that can be uncomfortable for you. I understand that you can be a little bit fearful or you might doubt a little bit. You might wrestle in your flesh a little bit. But you've got to get to the point where what God says about you means more to you than what's what feels good to you? Y'all praying for me? Somebody say, tag your it. And so some of us have been trying to dodge the touch and hang in the background. But we are about to be touched by the hand of God. And it's going to shift the very trajectory of your whole life. It's going to change everything. So stop fighting against this pull that you feel, this, this shift that you feel taking place on the inside of you. Listen, no matter how hard you try to hold on to what you're used to, God is not going to allow you to be comfortable. No matter how long you're used to just hanging in the backgrounds and showing up every now and again or being faithful when it's time for this and not faithful when it's time to that no matter how long you're uncomfortable getting up at 5 a.m in the morning and finding yourself on your face before God no matter how long you try to wrestle against the pull to take your study life to the next level no matter how long you try to fight against God calling you to a life of consecration you will not be able to be comfortable in a place that God is calling you from listen he cares more more about where he's calling you to he cares too much about you to allow you to be stuck in a place that no longer works for you tag you're it and you can't run from it any longer you can't dodge it then there are those of us that have become frustrated and I want to talk to you because there's a lot of you here today. There are those of us who have become frustrated with the timing of God. I've come to give you good news that what you've been praying for and what you've been believing God for really is about to take place in your life. But what you have to do is not going to happen until you find joy in the place you're in right now. God said you gotta trust that I have you where you are. You gotta trust that though it might be uncomfortable for you it's working for you you've got to you've got to trust God enough to know that what you feel like is a door closed in your face is really God placing you in a place of being on hold so that he might work the work in you that's necessary so when you go to the next place you won't mishandle the next place so instead of fighting against where you are, instead of trying to change where you are in your own might, in your own power, sometimes you've just got to sit in it. Woo! Sometimes you've just got to sit in it and allow God to work in you what he's trying to work. Somebody say, tag, you're it. 
Listen, I know you feel as if you failed. You feel as if you've messed up, that God is punishing you. Hallelujah. That God is somehow punishing you for what you've doing, what you've done or some mistake that you've made. But I've come to put your mind at ease. Where you are really is a holy place. Where you are really is a divine place. Listen, David being a shepherd was necessary for David to be a king. David killing the bear was necessary for David to be king. David having to kill Goliath was necessary naturally and spiritually for David to be king. So where you are, though you don't understand it, it's necessary because it's building something in you. Can I share with you that years ago when I was too afraid to say the welcome in front of people without my voice shaking, that was working for me. Years ago when I joined the praise team and would barely sing above a whisper, y'all believe me? I would barely sing above a whisper because I was so nervous and insecure was working for me. The times that I was made to do the announcements or the times that I was made to lead a song, all of that was working for me. The different places that I've worshipped in, the different people that I've worshipped with, the different people that I've served in ministry, all of that was a necessary place for me to be, in order for me to be here now, I had to walk through that place. And some of you are trying to skip grades. You're trying to skip processes that are necessary for you to be the very person you're praying to be. Stop fighting against where you are. The things that you're facing, it's working for you if you trust God with it. And a lot of times, guys, we can't grab the lesson of where we are because we are focused so much on the discomfort of where we are. But if you shift your mind from you and how you feel and what you don't like about it and how wrong it is for you to be there and how you feel overlooked and how you feel left out and how they treat you different and how this is not right and how that is not right and you're more faithful than them and God is blessing them and you're more loyal than them and God is blessing them. If you shift your focus from that, you will see how this is working in you, the thing that's necessary because God doesn't allow us to face things without showing us something about ourselves in it. Y'all ain't got to say amen. He shows you things about yourself. I had a situation. And I wish Pastor was in here because he liked this. <clears throat> had a situation on last night. Went to the game. Can I be honest about myself? Went to the game. Brun played a horrible game. But we went, and I still love him. And on the way there, Pastor missed the turn. And we had to go down some and turn around, come back. And we almost had a wreck. I'm talking about a bad wreck, and it would have been Pastor's fault. And... We get back to where we're supposed to be. And the person that we almost wrecked with, we discover is chasing us. And I mean, out the window going off. I don't pay them any mind because I'm so mad at Pastor. <laughs> hey, Pastor. <laughs> so we finally get on the right road, brother. 
traffic is terrible. So the game has started by the time we got there. So I walk in, I'm talking to myself, get yourself right, get your attitude together, you're here. Girl, it's a blessing to be here. You, you just, you better get yourself together. You here to see Bron. So we get there, I get myself right, I'm talking. We leave the game. We can't remember where we parked. It's raining. My attitude stinks. Better be glad I got the braids. So we walk back and forth. I got a point. Y'all go with me. I go, we walk back and forth. We pass. The way we were supposed to go, probably like three or four times. Pastor is saying the whole time, I think we went through here. Me, no, because I remember turning a corner, and we walked up to the place. Okay, we passed by again. Pastor said, I think this looked familiar. That don't make sense. Da -da -da -da. Long story short, about the fifth time we're coming back, Pastor said, we're going through here. Fine, let's go. In my mind, you're going to take us somewhere else? Don't make sense. You're going to see, just like we were lost on the way here, we're about to be lost again in the rain. So we're walking. I'm, my attitude is, mm-hmm, how long are we going to walk? We're going through places unfamiliar to me. We walk up on the truck. <laughs> now this is where God, brother, is showing me something about me. But in that moment, I'm too proud to acknowledge it. Pastor walks, opens my door. I get in, close my own door. <laughs> I'm being honest. We ride, headed home, put my little AirPods in. Jesus. All the time sitting in pride. All the way home. Yeah. Tap me on my shoulder. What you want to eat? Canes. <laughs> Babe, I don't think it's a canes here. It is. Exit 266. Attitude. Make it home. I walk in the house. I'm going a long way around the block, but I got a, I got a point. Make it home. I operate in that same spirit of pride. We fooling with the dogs. I'm, hey, I know my mama love you. Pass the walk back. Mm. <laughs> so all night long, guys, we go to sleep, all of this. I wake up in the morning. Lord, it's just, I mean, I'm getting elbows. I'm getting brass knuckles to the dome, all that stuff. Holy Spirit is tearing me up. You operating in pride. You were too prideful to kill something at the beginning, and it turned into something else. So instead of you looking at him, because we were both lost in the beginning, but there were times prior to the time we finally went through when he said, I think we should go this way. And I ignore. And a lot of times, guys, we do that to God. <laughs> a lot of times the Spirit of God is telling us, just go this way. And because... This way isn't the way we feel is the way. Or this process isn't the process we feel should be the process. We abort the mission and we end up going the long 
way and wasting time when God all along has shown us the right way to go. And then we have the nerve. We have the audacity to blame God for it. God, I've been faithful to you. Pastor Reem, I love you. I've been your wife for 20 plus years. Come on. We then make excuses instead of sitting in our stuff. And my stuff at that time was I was too prideful to acknowledge I was wrong. And God, some of us, a lot of us miss God because we're too prideful to admit we are wrong. I don't like where I'm sitting. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what I'm having to face. I've been here too long. God, I've been too faithful to you. I show up when ain't nobody else showing up. I'm there when no one else is there. I should be this by now. I should have this by now. I've stood on your word. I've, I've confessed that you are God and you are God alone. Why am I still here? Because you can't look at yourself. And a lot of us, what we will do when God is showing us plainly who we are is we will justify. We will justify the mess we find ourselves in. But God says, listen, tag your it does not just mean you're about to walk in a blessed place. Tag your it means you're about to acknowledge some truth about yourself so you can be who I've called you to be. There's some work that needs to take place in you so that you're able to walk in what I'm calling you to. There's some work, some breaking that has to take place in you. There's some pride I got to tear down and I got to allow this to happen that you might see you. Get your eyes off them and look at you. Tag, you're it. Being it is uncomfortable. There's a blessed part to being it, but there's also another version of tag that I used to play as a kid, and it was freeze tag. You remember that? Y'all remember? You too young. Y'all remember freeze tag? Freeze tag is when they would touch you, and you would have to freeze until someone who wasn't it made it to you and touched you. And a lot of you are frozen in a place. <laughs> you're frozen in a place and you can't move. And you're waiting on the touch. <laughs> you're waiting on the touch so you can move from this place that causes you pain, this place that is uncomfortable for you. This place where you feel stuck, this place where you feel like you're not effective, this place that you feel is beneath you, this place you feel that time has run out, it has met its deadline, it's done what it was supposed to do, and you're frozen, you're stuck. Connected to this, connected to that, connected to them, you're stuck, and you're waiting for the touch. God says today, tag, you're it. It's time for you to move. Huh? It's time for you to move. It's time for you to allow God to begin to work. I hope y'all are quiet because you're listening. It's time for you to allow God to do the work on the inside of you. You think you got it so together, but what you don't understand is he's allowing these situations to show you what's still in you. You're looking at how it, what it means for everybody else. Huh? 
what it means for everybody else that's involved. But what does it mean for you? What does it show you about you? What does it tell you about you? What does it show you about your heart? What does it show you about what's still in you? Tag your it to take a real look at yourself and deal with the mess that's in you. And none of us are exempt from the pulpit to the door. Harvest, in order for us to do this together, we shouted, we danced, we were excited about the fact that we're meant to do this together, and we finally realized it. But then, in order for us to walk in the place where we're working together, arm to arm, I got to do some individual work. <laughs> and there's this process that comes, that causes us, it is meant to make us look at us. But we look at it as someone else hindering us. Something else hindering us. But now I want to deal with that demon in you. <laughs> I want to deal with that spirit that is not for me in you. Come on, you lustful. You struggle in fornication, but you call yourself a leader. Tag your it. You got to deal with your stuff. You call yourself a leader, but you got out against your sister, against your brother. You feel looked over and left out, but your heart ain't right to serve. And God keeps allowing circumstances and situations to show you you, but you're looking at them. Tag your it. Pull the mirror out. And look at yourself. What causes you to run to the altar on Sunday and say, God, I give it all to you. And no sooner than you leave, you're back in the same thing. Tag your in. Look at yourself. Quit declaring the preacher ain't real. The prophecy ain't real. No, you ain't real. Deal with yourself. God is gracious enough, and I'm getting ready to go. And I know y'all were excited about taking it. You'll be excited next Sunday. But this is necessary because we have need of you. We've got, we, we've, I'm not standing before you like I got it together. I tell you all the time, I got to stay before God just like you. We've got to do the work. So when I link up with my sisters and my brother to do the thing God has called us to, I'm not a weak link in the chain. And what we're meant to forge ahead and do together won't fail because I hadn't done my part. Do the work. You got to be honest. You got to be, if you lying to yourself, what's wrong with you? You know the truth about you. You know the thing you're in. Aren't you tired of being froze? <laughs> you see everybody else running and being free and enjoying God and working in purpose and you're frozen. Guess what? When you don't have to be. God wants to touch you just like he's touching them. But you got to be honest about where you are, and you got to let the place you're in work for you. Stop trying to make stuff happen in your own strength. You're out of the will of God. 
Stop trying to figure out strategies and stuff in your own strength. You're out of the will of God. You got to wait on him to do it. And there's purpose in your waiting. Even this waiting place that sometimes can be a lonely place is working for you. God, guys, I'm excited about what lies ahead of us. God's promises are yes and they are amen. So I know what he's spoken. It really is so for this year. I'm not shaking in that. I don't doubt that. I'm not confused about that. But I do understand that in order for me to enjoy the benefits of where we're going, I got to do the work. Individually, I got to do the work. And stop looking to everybody else to work on what's short in them. And listen, if, if you're confused, help them, Lord. If you're confused and you're saying, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. That may very well be your testimony. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know what I'm missing. I heard him say this. I'm doing that. I don't understand what's causing me to still be in this place, froze. Then begin to pray and ask God to reveal it to you. He will. Ask the spirit because I'm telling you, every single person under the sound of my voice got work to do individually. And if you're really unsure of what that is, ask him to reveal it. Ask the spirit of God to reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit will show you. Listen, you do know he doesn't just show you things about other people. Oh, he showed me. I see you. I see you. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. He showed you stuff about you, too. Most of the time, first. Ask him to reveal it to you, to allow you to see what hinders you or what, what you need to place before him and get right. He will do it. There's a promised place for us. We got to do the work to get there. Amen? Are you in? Are you in?